Welcome, everybody, to the Unlikely Brothers podcast. I am Jake Johnson, also known as Big Jake, also known as State Farm. And howdy, y'all. It's Addison Lee Thompson, the Honky Tonk Heathen. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Unlikely Brothers podcast. And welcome back to episode two of the Unlikely Brothers podcast. What's up, Surprised Addison? You How you doing? Surprised you folks stayed with us. <laughs> hey, you know, we we, we got to give them the, uh, the three strike rule. So, oh, so they'll they, be gone they by have, episode four. <laughs> they'll be gone by episode four. And you know what? That's when we'll start putting together all the good shit. Yeah, exactly. And they'll be like, so, what? Yeah, exactly. Then, then all their friends will be telling them how awesome it is. And they, uh, you know, they'll, they'll have missed out. They'll have to go back and listen, re-listen to it or re-watch it wherever they want to, you know, if they want to listen to the podcast or watch it on YouTube. Oh, yeah. They'll be like, dude, they went down to Colombia and had Shakira on there and somehow the ghost right? of Pablo Escobar and I need to quit hitting my mic or you're going to kill me when you edit this. No, it, it, I don't hear it at all. Oh, okay. So well, I mean, I I may I may hear it in post, but I don't hear it right now. So yeah, well, I I am on a little less sensitive headset. So once I get on my uh, editing headset, we may have issues. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So don't worry, I'll just kick your ass later. <laughs> oh hell! Well, yeah, folks, welcome to episode two of the Unlikely Brothers podcast. Um, this should be a good one. I think we got a lot to talk about on this one. I mean, I know you got a lot to talk about. God, don't I? Uh, the wife and I just got back from Music City, Nashville. Um, went to go see Mike and the Moon Pies, Jason Boland, and Reckless Kelly at the Ryman Theater. I mean, that, that show had to have sucked. <laughs> Dude, hands down and like... I don't think a lot of people realize this about like musicians. Like I don't just like play music for a living. I'm a fan too, obviously. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, my wife and I on the rare chance we got time off, we go to shows and it's a little bit easier here in the whole country. Hands down right now, the best show I have ever seen in my entire life. That's awesome. Um, They, they absolutely blew the, blew the roof off the joint. Uh, The moon pies just, uh, I've never seen a bad moon pie show, but I've seen them. How do I put this? I've seen them in front of like 20 people who don't give a shit. Yeah. I've seen them in front of, you know, 2000 people that do. Um, and that can definitely affect your mood as a band. You notice that kind of thing. Uh, there's oh, yeah. no way, yeah. there's no way to describe how on point they were when they hit the stage. And like I said, I've seen them on very good nights and that, was the best I've ever seen them, which is saying something because they are hands down one of the baddest bands on the scene right now. Um, well, I mean, you just you think about the energy that you have, you know, walking into, you know, the green room of the Ryman, you know, like, oh yeah, how could how could you not have a great show? I oh, mean, yeah. we we had a great show in Dillon, Montana, and yeah. there was, you know. It, the crowd that was there was a good crowd. Was yeah. it the crowd we were expecting? Not in the least, but you know, it, 
it meant something to you to be there. And you could tell, you could tell when you, when you got up there on that stage after spike got done, you know, there was, there was a special energy coming from you and that fed the rest of the band. And I, I can't imagine what some of these guys must feel getting up on that stage. So yeah, no, I, I, it absolutely has to be a, you know, just a, a, a surreal feeling. Well, and from a crowd perspective, like, you know, you know how it goes at shows. You're sitting amongst people you don't know. And the way that Ryman Theater set up, because it's an old church, I'm like all hunkered down in my pew like this, trying to let the guy behind <laughs> me be able to see, take my cowboy head off. And they come on that stage, hit that first note. He slaps me on the back. He goes, stand up, buddy. We've been waiting damn near a year for this shit. <laughs> I'm like, oh, here we go, man. All um, right, then. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, it, you just heard the room go nuts. And then uh, Bolin hit the stage. Hands down, an absolute religious performance. Yeah. Um, I mean, just, uh, I mean, and granted, I'm going to be biased because I'm a Bolin nut to begin with, you know. I, no, yeah, no, no. He's totally no. my favorite musician ever. No. But. But looking at it unbiasedly, I mean, just on point, tighter than hell, and playing not only his hits, but pulled some stuff out of the vault that I haven't heard him play in a while. And I've been to a bowling show or two, shocker. Um, nice. Yeah. But yeah, pulled some stuff out of the vault that he hadn't played in a while, which I really appreciated. Very nice. But the funny so, thing with that was, hold on, not to cut you off. Yeah. Before he hit the stage, uh, my buddy uh, Venice, uh, we went with him and his wife, and I texted him. I'm like, we got to get on the rail. And he goes, uh, dude, neither of us have front row tickets. Like, if we get on the rail, we are damn sure getting kicked out. And I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I'm like, I really want to see Reckless Kelly. But, like, this is when, like, the fan in me came out, and I was like, Ah, screw it. If we get kicked out, we get kicked out. At least I can say I was on the rail when Bowling was on stage. So we like run down there and we get like right on the corner and I got my phone out and I'm getting pictures. And you can see that security guard like beeline and I'm like, one more, two more, three more. Hey, sorry, dude, later. And we like run back up the aisle before they could boot us out of there. That's hilarious. Well, the the way I knew it was, you know, a religious experience for you was your wife snapped a picture of you standing there up on the rail and the, you looked like a little kid (laughs) standing and looking at Santa Claus. (laughs) I mean, it it was, it was legitimate. And I, and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that as, you know, to try to be funny, like just the look on your face was, you know, it, it, you could tell it was a, it was a true, you know, fan moment for you. And that's honestly one of my, you know, one of my favorite pictures of you that, that I've ever seen. And I've, you know, I've, I've taken some pretty good ones from side stage and backstage and, you know, center stage, but that one, that one is probably one of my favorite pictures because it, it, it shows you as a person. It doesn't, you know, it's not just showcasing you, you know, being up there being Addison Lee Thompson it shows you being Al Thompson. So well, I, I think that's a fair point to make where like 
don't get me wrong, I'm so happy we're as busy as we are, but it's very rare I get to go somewhere and just be a fan. I don't have to play. I don't have to, you know, conduct business with somebody that's there or talk about upcoming shows. It's very rare that I get to like just show up. I'm going to drink beer. I'm going to watch this show. And I, I don't think I talked shop until the after party. And it was for five minutes with one person. Right. Which was like a nice breather. Cause normally as you get to know other people in the music community and all that, inevitably you end up running into somebody where you're like, Hey, let's do a show together. or Hey, let's collaborate on this or come on my podcast yeah. or, you know, whatever. So it, it was a nice reprieve and reckless Kelly. I mean, God dang. I mean, th th there's a reason that they're, one of the baddest bands to ever come out of well idaho and texas um, well i mean guy. it just one of the baddest bands to just do it i mean regardless oh, yeah. of where the hell that where regardless of where the hell they're from i mean they they just they do the damn thing they do it well and they are you know they're they're amazing oh yeah uh jeff uh queen who uh, plays Steel on all of my records. He's our session mm -hmm. guy. You know, he works yep. for records. And I was just sitting there watching Jeff, and I was like, I've seen Jeff in the studio. I've seen Jeff live. Um, and such a great guy, such a great musician. But, like, you could definitely tell a different level of on fire. And Jeff is already on fire no matter what he's doing, period. I mean, he's oh, just yeah. a badass guitar player and uh, pedal steel player and dobro and basically anything you put in his damn hands. But <laughs> I mean, you, you could just tell he was on point and uh, Cody and Willie just blew it out of the water and they brought their dad on stage for uh, seven nights. Nice. They brought Muzzy on stage and uh, that was frigging cool as shit. And then uh, I have a confession. We missed it. We had to leave a little bit early to go catch up with a friend but I missed it, and I have it on very good authority. They ended it with a Charlie Robinson song. Rest in peace, Charlie. No kidding. They ended it with El Cerrito Place. That's, you know, I mean, hats off to them for that. Yes. That's awesome. Uh, yes, which, by the way, rest in peace, Mr. Robinson. Thank you for everything you gave to not only the Texas music scene, but the country music scene in general. I'm sure if any of y'all have listened to Texas country or red dirt country, you have come across a Charlie Robinson song at some point and it has damn sure touched you in some kind of way. And in, in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Yes. So, okay. But, uh, so that was, that was one night in Nashville. Um, yes. you know what, what I know you were there for a few days. So, uh, we were really only there for two, um, I will say this, uh, the Country Music Hall of Fame, <laughs> god dang. We'll, we'll, save, yeah. we'll, 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 we'll save the rant for last. Um, <laughs> but uh, the Country but that's Music good. Hall of Fame. That's yeah. good. It'll give yeah. me a chance to, we'll, we'll get through all the good stuff, the good stuff and then we'll edit out the rant and yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Country Music Hall of Fame was absolutely awesome. Uh and I'm a guitar nerd. I don't think a lot of people realize that. Me and my best friend, uh, who's a uh, luthier, that's that's what we nerd out on. And uh, like seeing some of those old, old electric guitars with the pickups that are like that damn thick. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, how the hell did you play that? Um, 
And like right, some of those so crazy I mean, old like four or five neck steels from way back in the day. You know, nowadays you mm-hmm. see a double now now nowadays you see a double neck on stage and you're like, oh wow. <laughs> you forget that those guys had like literal like four foot long friggin' you know, steels with four to five necks on them. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. Absolutely insane. And uh just some cool history there. Gene Autry's uh, boots and his saddle. That was kind of cool. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, no, I was hoping to get down there for uh, the uh, the beard comp, but, you know, with uh, things being the way they are and, you know, that opportunity to, to go to St. Thomas a little bit later in the year, yeah, you know, I had I, I had to do some some recalculating of the of the travel budget, uh, but yeah. the Country Music Hall of Fame is definitely on my bucket list to to go check out. It's very very impressive. Um, they uh, I think they do a good job as far as there there were definitely a couple of people that were missing out of there, but they hadn't been inducted yet probably. But there were definitely a few in there that I was like, where the hell is this band? But uh. But like we were looking at Hank Williams Martin and I'm looking at it and I'm kind of analyzing it and all this. And my wife goes, you do realize it's technically his hundredth birthday today. Oh, no shit. I was like, holy shit. Like that, that is so cool. That's rad. That's rad. Yeah. And uh, a lot of, a lot of great history in there. I'm trying to think because I just nerded out the whole time while I was in there. Yeah, well, I mean, it was probably like me at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I got to go there on a, you know, on a whim. You know, I was over in Michigan. I was driving from, okay, so, you know, here's Michigan. I was driving from here, and I had to go to here. Well, to get from here to here, you got to go down around here. Well, down around here is Ohio. In yep. Canton, Ohio, where the Pro Football Hall of Fame was only it was only like an hour and a half out of the way that we were going. Yeah. So I made the executive decision that we were gonna take a you know an hour and a half detour. And yeah. you know, we got there, we had a good three hours until the place closed. I was literally the last paying customer out of there because uh, oh, secure security was security was walking behind me. They were not forcing me out, but they were walking right behind me. So I mean, I get it. Like just the, the, and the, you know, a lot of people think it's just NFL that's in the pro football Hall of fame. It's not, they had some XFL stuff in there. They had some, um, XFL. You know, wasn't, wasn't that the, Yes. Wasn't that yes, the WWE was. failed yes, experiment was. that went horribly Yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, you know, they had some Canadian football stuff in there. They had some old, you know, AFL football stuff. It was, I mean, it was, it was so cool. Oh, hell yeah, dude. And to, you know, and to go in there and see, you know, see some things that, you know, see jerseys or cleats that, that I saw on TV on the field or, you know, like it's, so I, I get it. I get where, you know, you nerded out at the country music hall of fame. Cause you know, you and country music are like me in football. So. Yeah, dude. And, um, friggin' 
like it's interesting though to get a perspective on what other people think of country music. Uh, like I was looking at Bob, the Bob Wills exhibit, you know, Bob Wills and the Texas Playboys, mm-hmm. like the, the Bob Wills is still the king, you know? And uh, I'm looking at his fiddle and all that. And some guy's like, who the hell is this guy? And I'm like, I will fight you right here, right now. <laughs> like that, that is the, if you want to listen to anything out of Texas, there's two names you at least need to know. Willie Nelson and Bob Wills, you blankety, blankety, blank. Right. Uh, but, huh? you know, I definitely uh, had a great time in there. We're good. Didn't didn't spend no. too much time in the Taylor Swift Educational Center, but, you know. I mean, I don't, I, I don't understand why. I mean, take some notes. <laughs> Do yeah, what no she kidding. does. Yeah, I mean, it's one, it's you know, just I, we need I, we need tours like that. It's one of those I knock her around my wife because my wife is a Swifty. Yeah, but at the same time, like realistically, it's the same thing I say about any other artist I knock, on, other than like a select few. But at the end of the day, they're making more money than me. They're doing bigger than me, so they're doing something right. So I, I, I you know, I, I joke about it, but they're doing something right. I'm still playing small clubs and rodeos. I mean, oh yeah, I'm absolutely. Not about, I'm not I'm, mad about. I mean, I don't knock, you know, her team's ability to to get her in the right place at the right time, in front of the right people, and then get the right backing, and. Yeah. You know, it, it with her, it's not about musical talent. It's not, you know, in, in my opinion, this is my opinion. It's not about musical talent because you put her voice on anyone else's face in pop music right now, and it's the same. You know, it's not about her songwriting because in the last 10 years, she's got over 100 songs about breakups. She writes about the same shit. But, but you, you got you got to admit this though, it's working. And it is. I, I'm not. I'm not knocking it for for working. I'm not enough, not in enough. any way, shape, or form. It's, it's I'm not knocking it. Tea. No. Oh, I mean, I don't know why you would automatically assume <laughs> I, that. I, I'm saying that for 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 our uh, valiant <laughs> fans here. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why. I don't know why you would say it's not my cup of tea. Uh, no, I mean, and, and that's the thing is, uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, and you've heard it like when we're in the van or on the RV, we're definitely like something will pop up on the radio or on Spotify and we're just all like trashing it. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you got to think you're like, well, this RV they popped up. They they popped up on Spotify. Yeah, this RV so. doesn't have AC, and two people sleep on cots on the floor every night. Like they're doing something better than us. <laughs> hey, <laughs> it's got AC now. It's got the hey. That van has cold AC, and Bertha AC. Bertha has AC now. So what you guys don't understand, I think we touched on it a little bit on the last podcast. A little we bit, have, a little bit. We have an RV that stays in Arizona. Um, I think we're actually getting ready to get rid of it. Honestly, it's becoming more of a pain than a. Uh, solution but it did not have ac the first three runs we took it on yep yeah and 
finally we saved up enough money to get a new one or i did with the guy that uh, i co-own it with and the happiest day of my life hands down it is not the day i got married it is not when i graduated high school it is not when i played my best show to date it is the day that i got to take that old ac off the top of that old rickety son of a bitch and just hulk it over the side and watch it smash into a million bits i was that's the happiest day of my life to date i mean i i wish i could have been there Oh, it was great. Because I, I left I left probably 74 pounds of sweat in that thing over those trips. I mean, it was it was gnarly. It was so bad. Also, also, I would like to point out that not only did it not have AC, the heater was constantly on. On. I finally found the fuse and just yanked it out. I was like, screw it. Yeah. This thing literally lives in Arizona. We don't need and it. And when did, when did you find that fuse? It was after we drove to and from <laughs> Colorado City, Utah. <laughs> when it was, I think when we left Dylan's that night. Yes. It was 98 degrees. Yes. When we were driving through southern utah northern arizona to come back it was well over a hundred degrees and that heater was just blowing and the heater was just on there was no way to turn it off i mean you know it's it's built on the the old gm chassis with the g you know with where they had the the constant on air which would have been fine if it was just air if it was just air (laughs) But no, we had to have the heater. Honestly, so, it would have, you know, we always joke about if you uh, mess up in the band, we're going to make you ride in the trailer. That would have been a good day to screw up to the point that you could catch a ride. I would I would have loved it. No, you, you, you couldn't have because you, you're the tour manager. You have to drive. I mean, that is also true. If you screw um, up, I just, you know, turn the, I just turn the thermostat up and it heats hotter. <laughs> it, it didn't get me hotter because I tried that. I was like, maybe it's reversed. Maybe it's backwards. So I turned it all the way up. No, nah, no, nah, it was the same temperature both ways. <laughs> I did it while you guys were all sleeping. I, we were we were pulling that hill at, uh, you know, uh, the crack of, you know, mock negative 12. And... I was just like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to try this. I turned off the AC, I turned up the heat. It literally made no difference. None whatsoever. And, and it's the funniest thing. All, all these like and this is not a knock on anybody that says it. it. You know, it's a logical idea when they look at the industry from the outside, but they're like, "Why don't you use your RV more or if they don't know we have one, why don't you get an RV?" And it's like, "Dude, those things are constant maintenance. There's something mm-hmm. always wrong with them." And on top of that, like, okay, yeah, in theory, we're cutting down on our hotel cost and our food cost if we have one with a kitchen, which we do on Bertha. But it's we like, but, it, but, but at the same time, that's more maintenance. Uh, on top of that, you are chronically having to find somewhere to dump your black water and gray water tanks. Um, yeah. Yeah, we, we found that. We, yeah, we, yeah we, that, that was a bad deal. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> On top of that, the fuel on them, I don't think we spent under $170 once filling that damn thing up. 
Nope. Um, you're constantly on the hunt for fresh water. And then the logic I look at it is, all right, yeah, we might save money on hotels, but what if we're playing downtown Denver and the venue has not a lot it's a venue small enough at least with the size of a band we have right now that we don't have tour bus parking because bertha right. is basically the size is a little bit under what a tour bus is and that's yep. without the trailer um well then we're really screwed so i i really resigned myself to the fact that if you can't afford a tour bus stick to vans and hotels man and right you know, in room accommodations into your contract. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I, I absolutely agree. You know, you and I talked about it at length that first time that I came down to Arizona and got on Bertha, you know, we had all these illusions of grandeur for, you know, we're going to tear out the back bedroom. We're going to make bunks and we're going to tear out the, you know, the death or the, the table and, and make a, a yeah. bed there, a permanent bed there. And, you know, the, you know, the, the dollar signs just kept racking up in both of our heads as we talked oh, yeah. about it. And, you know, honestly, a, a good, you know, tour manager can find a good deal on hotels exactly. or VRBOs. I mean, how good was that VRBO in Pocatello that you guys stayed in? Oh, it was great. I, and, yeah. and granted, yeah, two people ended up couching it, but it was a nice couch. And and I know to our listeners that seems insane, but like when, I mean, when, when Johnny's when only four this, and a half feet tall anyway. Like he ain't need a whole bed. No, uh, Johnny. Johnny got his own room. Uh, but the thing was, yeah, I can get away with telling this story. Johnny uh, got turned around. And for those of y'all that don't know, Johnny's our pedal steel player. He is a wonderful human being, uh, but he's blind, completely blind. Johnny got turned around in the house that night and got caught wandering around the house in his skivvies because we gave him his own room because he likes his privacy because he's, you know, he, he, basic asks are different for him than, say, you or me. Yeah. And so Johnny got caught in the middle of the night looking for the bathroom and we felt like shit for that dude. But uh, <sighs> we should have put him, but I always feel bad putting him on the couch too. Cause I know he needs access to like move around to find, find his cane and needs a little more space to operate. Yeah. But, but either way, like Dylan, Dylan's, not much taller tall even yeah i mean uh, i mean uh, we we mean, we got a we good. we got a couple borderline small people dude no one in this band uh well the guitar the new guitar player is pretty tall um no one in this band is tall it's a bunch of midgets on stage we might as well just be going oompa loompa doompa dee doo i mean let's try it recording <laughs> yeah exactly we might hit our big break <laughs> hey whatever it takes right <laughs> yeah no shit <laughs> uh, all right so let's get to the back end of the nashville trip here because i'm right, going to talk about this i'm going to talk about it all right i have never been to nashville up until this past weekend broadway why are they charging more money for than Las Vegas for alcohol 
and giving you less alcohol than Las Vegas does. Because they can. Because they can. I get that. But what I'm also saying is when you pay screw you money for beer in Vegas, at least you're usually getting a tall boy out of the deal. You got to kind of know where to go, but at least you're getting a tall boy. Yeah. I was paying $20 for three beers. I mean, that's not... That's not... No, 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 that's not... No, no, screw that. <laughs> I mean, for for a city like Nashville, that, that, ain't, that ain't it. Oh, like, my God, it was driving... That ain't too bad. And then I was talking to one guy, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm on, like, my third gig today or whatever he said. And I'm like, here? He's like, yeah, man, I'm rolling down the street after... Uh, or right now, because I just finished this one. And I'm like... It, it, screw this like go get a van go on tour yeah like like quit you, you know, oh, it just made me so mad it was the epitome of everything that goes against playing gigs like good gigs making money unless you own the damn bar right and just like no one gave a damn in any of those bars about who was playing. No, no, no one cared. No, no, not at all. Uh, they're, I mean, they're not. They're not there unless it's a big name. They're not there to listen to music. No, they're not. And, and I think that was the saddest thing to me is like some of these joints we went into and like these bands are working their ass off, and like you're getting the drunk bachelorette party screaming their head off well of course they're going to scream their head off they're right you know three sheets to the wind but realistically asking, no asking for the... free bird yeah free bird or play tonight's wine and it's you know <laughs> five guys that look like you and me on stage um like no one gave a damn it, that that was a sad affair to see yeah. um realistically I, I i literally uh jeremy uh my guitar player Text me, he's like, what do you think about Nashville? I was like, uh, we are not coming back to Broadway unless it's no. for work, ever. Yeah. But, who knows? I mean, you know, if we if we end up getting a show there, I mean, that'd be fine. That'd be different. Oh, yeah, but, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'll, just not going to go back I'll, there I'll to gladly. vacation and no, pay no, I'll, bucks up friggin' beer. You know, I'll, I'll gladly take their money. Mm. So, but yeah. we'll get there. We'll get there to, and I know that's not necessarily our scene. Like, you know, no, the, the Nashville, the Nashville crowd isn't our crowd. Do I want to play in front of the Nashville crowd? Yep. Cause you never know who's sitting in that crowd. Oh yeah, but, for sure. But is that, you know, where we're going to really, you know, try and drive home, you know, our, our stuff? No, no, not at all. Well, not was, in the least. It was so funny. Like I, I think, like anywhere else, you get disgruntled with your home work situation, yeah. and uh, it's definitely you know I've gotten disgruntled a few times being a Texas guy, an Austin area guy, and uh, it was so funny to hear those guys be like, "Oh, you're an Austin dude? Oh my god! If I could just save up the money to move there, <laughs> like." And, really? Yeah, and, <laughs> like yeah. stuff I take for granted, you know, as a musician, I'm like, really? And they're like, oh my god, yeah. y'all have it so much better than us. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I figured it was about fifty fifty on the playing field, but 
if you right. say so, dude, you're doing this here and I'm not. So, well, I mean, and then I'm sure you got guys like if you go, you know, downtown Austin and go to some of those venues and some of those, you know, little bars, you got guys saying the same thing about going to Nashville. Uh, you know, I, I, I would know, dude, I operate in the South Hill country. I, I, I don't, I need, I need to get a couple of Austin dates on the book, but yeah, you're, you're probably right. I mean, there's probably somebody there. that's like, Oh, I got to go to Nashville. And yeah. it's like the, you know, guys cutting their teeth on Maine and Livingston, Montana. They're like, Oh, I got to go to Denver. And the Denver guys are going, Oh, I got to go to Phoenix. And the Phoenix guys are going, Oh, I got to go to LA. I mean, you, you get wary of your home scene. And, and that's yep. why my biggest advice is find a good home scene, but also get a van, get some guys that want to hit the road and go hit these other towns, make it a combination of the two. And, and you can make a fun career out of this Yeah, because uh, I've gotten to a point where I love playing gigs around here as much as I love going out to what you might call it, Iowa and playing some, you know, county fair out there or whatever. You, you get what I'm saying. I'll have to I'll have to look up where Whatchamacallit, Iowa is, but yeah. Yeah, fair enough. But the point being like and you come across my point being is you come across like really cool venues too. Like who would have ever thought the Roadrunner in New River, Arizona? Like when you pass it, no disrespect I mean, to our friends at the Roadrunner. We love you. Oh, guys. we absolutely love the Roadrunner. But, but, but not only thought, did yeah. But who who would think, you know, passing it no. going down the interstate? that there's anything going on there. No. Those are some of the best crowds we ever play for. I mean, it, and and not just the, the crowds, like the people at the Roadrunner, oh, you know, yeah. like everybody involved from the bartenders to the servers to the security to the promoter to the announcer for the Bulls to the owners. I mean, everybody from top to bottom at the Roadrunner is it, it makes the whole experience incredible like and when you have a show there yeah and if you don't know about the Roadrunner and you're just passing it going down what's that I17 you yeah. would never guess that there are world class concerts no. going on there every single night of the weekend with i mean let's be honest the best quality production that money could buy with world-class bull ridings. I mean, it, you'd never guess it. So no. point behind that is if you're, you know, doing this music thing, man, hit the road. Cause you will find yeah. some spots. It might take a while. You're not going to find them overnight, but yeah. Find oh, some, you, you're going to you're, you're going to have to, you're going to have to play some, some, you know, shitty little bars. Yeah. You know, and, and bad, you know, with bad managers and, and bad servers and, you know, and bad, just everything mm -hmm. to, to find a spot like the Roadrunner, to find oh, yeah. a spot, you know, like the, the filling station in, in Bozeman. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, did we, you know, have a great crowd that night? No, but was it a great experience overall? Absolutely. Are we going to go back? Yes. Because yeah. that place is, I mean, it just the, the atmosphere of that place. I mean, that is us. And, you know, the Roadrunner's the same way. Like, dealing with, like, we didn't have to deal with anything yeah. there. 
I mean, they have world-class lighting. They have an amazing stage, which you're right. You pass that from the road, you don't see that. You just see, I mean, you see, you know, for all intents and purposes, you see what you think is a decrepit old building. And it's not. It is a huge, huge bar (laughs) with an enormous back, you know, back spade, back entertainment space with two stages bull riding arena like i mean you i didn't even believe it when i walked out there like the first time we went we went for dinner we went for dinner and i was like well where the hell's the bull riding at because i saw the back of the grandstands and i thought that was just a fence yeah i didn't understand that that was you know i saw the two stages i was like all right cool they got a couple stages but then you get up on those stages you know, and obviously the the stage out back is a little better than the side stage, but but you know to to have all that right there in like you said in New River, Arizona, like who no, no who no one would have guessed. But yeah, no, that's definitely one of our favorite spots to go. I mean, it's I mean not just oh, yeah. for the the atmosphere, but the food's damn good too. And I think another point in this conversation is don't judge a venue on what you see. Like, yeah, we have definitely played some venues that are like really small stages where you walk in and you're just like, what in the hell? But then yep. the crowd shows up and it's one of the best shows you've ever played. Well, I mean, Lakeside's like that too. Yeah. You know, up in Helena. Yeah. yeah. I, and, I and, mean, and then, and don't discount your local crowd like uh, this poster back here, Ola Roosters Country there in Mesa, Arizona. Um, like you might not have a following in Arizona, but if you can get in with Miss Cherie and uh, Mister Steve that run that outfit over there, mm-hmm. they have a such a loyal local following that if they like you, you're in. I mean, yeah. they they will support you till the end of time, you know, and don't discount that either. And I think that's what a lot of these bands that are just hit road, they, they think that they're thinking of the sense of, oh, well, we're an out-of-state band and we're coming to town and people are just going to love us because we're out-of-state. There's so many more integral no. parts to touring yeah. and, you know, whether it's a built-in crowd or a crowd you've built a fan following in as far as that market or it's your local market this isn't just book gigs at the road there's a science to it and take into account a lot of those factors well i mean you you have to look at you know the venue you're booking is it typically Mm -hmm. a rock venue is it typically a you know a dance venue is it typically you know a country venue or is it a all music venue yeah you know the so yeah i mean not just that you know but you know look at look at i before i ever contact a venue i go to their facebook page yeah see what they're doing Uh, yeah and and see what they're about i see what the comments are on i mean even just their like their daily specials post yeah. You know, if, if they got people posting or, you know, commenting on their daily specials post that, 
you know, they had a bad time last Saturday night. I'm going to be a little bit, you know, less willing to, you know, because if someone had that bad of a time that they went onto that venue's page and talked about it on their, you know, on a site or a post that had nothing to do with it, uh, that that's a really bad experience. Yeah, and I don't I, know if if I I don't know if I want to you know I don't know if I want to put you guys in front of a crowd that you know is like that or you know in a venue where you know I might have to be a little more on edge and yeah, I don't like exactly. to be on edge I like to be relaxed once the show starts because I until you know from the time we show up until the time we drive away like your guys' safety is my responsibility yeah and. You know, it, it's I, I want to put you guys in the safest, safest place possible. Yeah, absolutely, so. man. Uh, well, on that note, I think we have a little bit of housekeeping we got to do for the Unlikely Brothers podcast. And what do you think we got to do, sir? Well, we got some announcements to make. Uh, let's start with the meal of the month. That should be coming up here right after the release of episode two. We did talk about that on episode one. Um, so the meal of the month, Addison and I are going to have a little cooking contest. We both love to cook. Um, I'm a lot better than he is. He just thinks oh. he's good. So you can go we'll, pound you know, I'll, on. Hey, make me. I, I make a very fired burritos ah, with ketchup. Ah, I make a yeah. I microwave the shit out of them. Their frozen Reese's Reese's burritos. I, I can make yeah. a damn good ramen. Yeah. So no, but, no Addison, Addison thinks he's a good cook. I know I'm a good cook. I got paid to do it for about ten years. Oh, so wow, the um, humility here. Wow. We are. Hey, I mean, do you have a barbecue inspired tattoo? I do. Do you? What is it? It's the uh, barbecue inspired uh, tattoo. No. Oh, oh is it? Literally, yeah, yeah. It says uh, uh, yeah. barbecue for life. Yeah, sure. We'll go with that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right there on your, <laughs> you, yeah. Got it. Uh, yeah, it's on that one body part, I think, uh, the, the, the one that you uh, barbecue with. Uh, yeah, right. So. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> that got really um, weird really quick. <laughs> that really did. Uh, oh, oh, God. Oh, God. I messed up so bad on that. <laughs> so, um, no, Addison and I are going to do a, you know, short little tutorial or, you know, behind the scenes walkthrough type video of, you know, some of our favorite recipes to cook. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have a, you know, we'll have a vote. Which one do you think was better? Which one, you know, and, and, and it won't be just uh, which one do you think is better? It'll be, you know, which ones. And we're going to, what we're going to do is we're going to try and pick recipes that not only that we love to cook, but that, you know, that you guys can try out too. Um, some of them we'll post the recipes for, some of them we won't. You know, I know my first one, uh, no one in the history of ever will get this recipe, but I will cook it and I will show it and I will taste test it and I will have other piece, people taste test it. But this recipe will never get released. 
Um, it's going to be my chili. Wait, 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 which way are you? Oh, you're what? over here on my computer. I'm trying to make sure I look the right way real quick because we're in two separate locations. You're for looking the, people, the wrong way, for dumb, the dumb. people. My... You're looking the wrong way. <laughs> Turn around. For the people. You got to look this way. Yeah, okay, I got it. For the people, my first, but... I will post a recipe for the people because Addison Lee Thompson, 2024, anyone younger than 70, Good for you, bud. <laughs> no, my, my chili recipe is hands down, and I've had chili all over, and it, it is something that, that I created. I took, I don't even know how many different recipes, and I, you know, I, I played with it for six seven years before i finally settled on one just like my barbecue sauce my barbecue sauce i played with for nine years no shit nine nine years my barbecue sauce recipe and the funny thing is someone was like well i'm just gonna hack your your online recipes i was like fine go ahead the recipe on there for my barbecue sauce i know what it means because it's not the recipe that's online is not the actual recipe. That, that that's uh, that, that's how I am about my uh, gumbo recipe. It's an old family recipe, and people, oh, I'll just Google uh, how to make it. No, nope. there's it. No. there's no no. I, I've got a I've got a little postcard that it's written on. I have pictures of it. Those pictures are on a phone that I have that not a lot of people get to see because it's the work phone. And I can tell you right now, uh, that recipe will get passed down to my kids and it will go to and the your, grave. And your tour manager. No, because uh, you are not from the Thompson or the Cummins family. Yeah, well, that, I, I have mean, the passcode for the work phone, so you're welcome. Oh, well, uh, shit. Check me. No, I mean those family recipes, man. You gotta, you gotta. No, I won't. I, I would, I would never. I would never. I mean, even, even knowing that information, I would never even go look at it. Um, you know, I, I got, I got a couple. I had my gumbo yet, either. No, I haven't. I haven't. We haven't really been in a place. I mean, unless you were going to make it on Bertha, we haven't really been in a place where we could cook. Bertha does not know. have the culinary accommodations for that chore. I mean, no, no, it's she got, don't. We could. I, I can promise you, she don't. The way you got to do that gumbo, she does not. What makes it okay? With, I mean, I'm not asking. Obviously, not asking for the recipe, but what? What would you need? For the culinary accommodations. I would need a stove that lasts longer than what the propane tank on that can pull for fuel. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I I, I get it. Yeah. There's a, a slow cooking piece to that. And it's really not the biggest piece, but I, I've tried doing it quicker. And it ain't the same, is it? No, no bueno. 
and it's yeah. not the it's really not like one of the main things that makes or breaks it but you can definitely taste a difference yeah but uh so you're doing your chili for the first uh meal of the month i'm gonna do my i'm gonna do my chili for the first meal of the month yes sir i think i gotta double check the freezer so don't quote me on this but i think i got enough i think i'm gonna do some smoked venison It'll be interesting. Yeah. I know that sounds weird coming out of my mouth, but no, no, it doesn't sound weird coming out of your mouth. It just sounds weird period because typically you only smoke fatty meats and venison is a very lean meat. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how you're going to smoke it without turning it into jerky. Okay. So I I can get with you on this. So low Mm -hmm. and I'll cover this. You know, when, when we, uh, record yeah, yeah, yeah. when you, our, when you do that, yeah, 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 very low heat, very, very low heat. Mm-hmm. And it's only smoked for so long and in cast iron. Cause I'm a big cast iron skillet guy. Right. So it's only, I mean, it just tastes so, better. Yeah. So very smoked, but only for so long to absorb that smoky flavor. And then you immediately pop it over onto an open flame to cook it all the way through, if that makes sense. Yeah. If that makes sense, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't think a lot of people realize that, like, they'll sit there, uh, with the exception of, like, briskets and things like that, most of your leaner meats for smaller cuts, you just got to get that flavor in there. Once Once that meat kind of, you know, those pores seal up, Mm-hmm. You're you're realistically just yeah. wasting wood at that point. Yep. You're not gonna get any added benefit to smoking it any longer. So you yep. might as well just And and I like, used to be in like the camp said, of hit it hit it on the open flame. Yep. And I used to be in the camp of, you know, smoke it the whole way through until you gave me that knowledge because you're the better pit master than myself. Um, but once I kind of heard that tidbit i was like oh i could have some fun with some game meat you know yeah oh absolutely you can you can inject you know and and not like inject flavor into meat but no you you can you can put some smoke to some meat and then you know still not have to smoke it all the way till it's done because you you try and do that with a, a venison roast and I mean, to, to get a venison roast to, you know, even 135, 140, it is going to be tough. It is going to be dry. It is just, it's not going to be good. No, it's not. And so, that's where I, I toyed around with this because we had some spare venison in the freezer where I was like, I want to get that smoky flavor, but I I want to keep the integrity of why you eat venison, which is it's a very tender meat, you know. Yeah. and so I kind of played around with some different temps and that's what I found is like low heat, but a ass ton of smoke. So a yeah. lot of chips, folks, a lot of chips, not a lot of chunks, a lot of chips, ass ton of smoke and you smoke it real quick, get that flavor in there and then you pop her on over to an open flame in a cast iron. Yep. Yeah. I get behind that. 
Yeah. I mean, my chili is still going to be better than your stupid little smoked venison, but I mean, it is what it is. So uh, you, you, you forget I've got, I've got so much damn fresh caught fish in Alaska sitting in that deep freezer right what now. Is, what does that have? What does that have to do with smoked venison, sir? Nothing. You're cooking venison. You're cooking. Two. I'm you're just cooking, saying round two. You're... We're gonna be. We're gonna be round two. We're gonna be friggin' neck and neck because I'm gonna whip out the old uh, smoked <sighs> salmon and it's game over, son. Game over. You can't beat smoked salmon. Fresh caught smoked salmon, which leads us to our next thing that we might want to bring up. Sir. So I live in like... Washington State. <laughs> we have more smoked salmon in this state than you have cows in Texas. If you think I don't know how to smoke salmon or have eaten my body weight probably 50 times over of smoked salmon, you would be sorely mistaken. All right. I'm going to make a bet that I'm going to regret. Re- regret. You're going to regret it and you're going to regret it. I'm going to regret this bet. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, right here on episode two of the Unlikely Brothers podcast, we weren't going to tell you we were going to do any of these, but I'm telling you right now, just so I can make this bet, we've been talking about doing live podcasts with live cook-offs. Yep. I will bet you money. Right now, I will bet you $100 cold hard cash. $100. As somebody that can't even eat fish because he's allergic to it, that I can outcook you on smoked salmon. All right, bet. $100. I'm, accept- I'm, I'm accepting, yeah, $100. With an unbiased panel of judges, $100. All right, let's go. And this is either going to be the funniest joke <laughs> once it's done... <laughs> Or I'm going to sit here and shit talk you in an entire episode if I win. I mean, I will let you. <laughs> if you win, I mean, you you know me. Like, I, I'm, I will accept defeat. However. Yes, I know. Not on, but, not on. There's, there's a few things that, that I know that I can cook very, very well. So, But when it, when it comes to salmon... And it comes to fish. Um, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna give our audience a little teaser before we get into our last bit of housekeeping. Yes, sir. You know it'd be pretty cool if the Unlikely Brothers went to Alaska and got some pretty badass footage for the YouTube. I mean, I mean, you're not lying. You know, catch, catching those big old salmon out there. You are not lying. I feel like we should probably book a trip. I feel like so. You know, I, I, happen, I, mean, to know, I happen to know a captain up there with a sport boat. Ha! That is uh, funny how that works. When it comes to uh, catching fish. Funny. That is, you know, I, I happen to know a guy who likes to catch salmon. Yeah, same here. And I happen to... Uh, have a wife, and I believe you happen to have a girlfriend that both like to fish as well. I mean, yeah, we could and, we could say that. And you know what? I think we happen to have a guest coming on pretty soon that happens to be the guru of anything and everything outdoor related in the state of Alaska, specifically where a guy could go to catch some salmon. 
I mean, it's almost like you planned this. It almost is. It's almost <laughs> like the Unlikely Brothers podcast may or may not go to Alaska this summer. I mean, well, not this summer because this summer's already gone. But maybe next summer, maybe, maybe next 2024. Summer, next summer. Yeah, 2024. That's what I meant. That's maybe 2024. I mean. We'll we'll be in. You know, maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll see. Yes. If not, you get a <laughs> rainbow trout fishing trip in Montana. <laughs> Hey, we could we could always we could we could always we could always go fly fishing in Ellensburg too. You know, they the Yakima the Yakima River is some of the best fly fishing in you know. I mean, is it Uh, if we're going to Washington, we're going for sturgeon all son. I mean we could do that too. it's not very far from Ellensburg down to the Columbia River. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, although that part of the Columbia River, not too many sturgeon. So, but, you know, that's only, you know, where Ellensburg is, it's, we're two and a half hours from some really good surgeon fishing. I know because I caught an eight footer one time. Um, oh, that was, yeah. it was like reeling in a, a dead body. Oh, dude. Um, I mean, it was, it was 45 continuous minutes of cranking on that reel. When you get to fish that big, like I remember uh, when I caught my marlin down in uh, Costa Rica, and I'm like reeling and I'm reeling and I'm reeling, and I was like, I almost got him. And I remember the deckhand like grabbed me and he's like, No, you don't. And as soon as no. he said that, that reel went. So I was like, Damn yeah. it, son of a bitch. Yeah, the the one I caught, he came, he came, he flashed once right at the very beginning. I was like, Oh, this is. This is super easy. I don't know what everybody's complaining about. And then all of a sudden, like, I don't know if he saw the light of day for the first time in 40 years or what, but that reel just turned and started. And he was, he was, you know, a hundred, 150 feet. You know, I, I pulled him up out of the, out of the bottom. We were sitting on a spot that was probably 70 feet deep. And I mean, he, he took 150 feet of line. So he went and found a deeper hole and he camped out there for a little bit, but no, it was 45 minutes of straight horsing this eight foot, you know, behemoth. Like it came up to the back of the boat and he, he actually came all the way across the the back of the boat. I, I pulled him across and he was, he was, he was longer than the boat was wide. Holy crap. So it was, it was, it, it was a surreal feeling. Yeah. And, you know, seeing something like that on the end of your line. And obviously, you know, that's not something you pick up out of the water and hold for the camera. That's something you just, you know, if you can get it close enough, it, you unhook it. If you can't, you just, you know, I mean, we use barbless hooks when we fish for them. Yeah. yeah you, you just cut the, cut the leader and, move on so well but but yeah we we got fishing we got you know cooking cooking and uh we got two upcoming guests uh mr troy holland from anchorage alaska that is our uh, alaskan outdoors guru we're gonna have him on and then after that if any of you grew up watching american gladiator we're gonna have a wolf on here mr hollywood yates 
Yes, sir. Got a historic career in the entertainment business, whether it be rodeo, acting, wrestling, music. Country music. Yeah. Country music. Um, I mean, he's done it all. So we're going to have him on here. And uh, we got some other guests we're lining up as we speak of this. Yep. Sure do. So. All right, brother. Well, I'm out of drink. So I think it's a good time to, to call it a night. Thank you, folks, for tuning in to episode number two of the Unlikely Brothers podcast, and we will see you next time. Later. Mama raised me home good, but heard the preach every Sunday morning.